This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson-Burns, writer and the protagonist of Heroin Training. Today, we're reflecting on The Artist's Way, week seven, and joining me is my co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? My art life is celebrating. I am so proud of my artist cluster, Zandra, because there have been some big wins in my group of friends recently. You have had a couple of career wins as of late. My roommate, Katra, has also had some really good things happen in her acting career. I myself have had some awesome, surprising, like, gigs come up that I'm really excited about. So I have been practicing something with all of you, which has been that I ask people, how do you want to be celebrated? Um, I sort of learned this from the opposite experience, which is like depression, right? When I'm having a hard time or feeling sensitive about a certain topic, I've learned to tell people exactly how I need to be supported. And that's really helpful. Like, it's helpful for my friends and my family to know exactly what I need. But I thought, with so much good happening, that I would start asking people how they want to be celebrated. So, um, so Katra had some, like, awesome things happen in her acting career lately, with booking a gig and a bunch of callbacks. So, um, she had, you know, this day on set for a film, and I said, how do you want to celebrate? Um, she's been really busy. We've both been really busy. So even though we live together, hilariously, we, like, have not seen each other in, like, more than a week. <laughs> we, like, have passed each other in the hall, and that's been it. So um, we've been laughing about that through text message. So I said, how do you want to celebrate your win? We need to, like, carve out a time to do that. And she was like, oh, what a great question. You know, I'm not sure. Let me think about that. She 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 said, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I can't go to the movies. I can't go out. Like everything's still closed down. So what I brought to her was I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm a week ahead of you in the artist's way. And in, in my tasks this week, one of the, the tasks suggested was to listen to at least like, you know, one side of an album in full and just like draw while you listen or just, you know, hang out without distractions. And I know she's a big Taylor Swift fan and that um, you are too, Zandra. And so I actually asked Katra, I said, how about this? Would you want to do that with a Taylor Swift album? Because she had been really excited about like an announcement from Taylor Swift last week as well. So anyway, I just, I suggested that as, as the celebration. And she was like, oh, I love that idea. And while she was on set, she actually sent me a voice memo and she said, Hey, how about we watch Taylor's um, folklore studio sessions? Like, I mean, it's really a film. It's like each song uh, from the, her new album, Folklore, but also like all of these discussions about how and why each song was written with the artists involved, which you had also recommended to me and I had not watched yet. Um, and Katra had already watched, but she felt so inspired by and wanted to rewatch. So that's what we did on Saturday night. We celebrated Katra's career wins by watching the Folklore Studio Sessions um, film on Disney+, Plus, which, you know, as someone who does not really know Taylor Swift's work and uh, is just learning about her 
through you and Keja, it was so inspiring. It was so art life. And I right? felt so um, like, I thank you for <laughs> telling me to watch it. And I'm sorry that I failed you as a friend and didn't do it until now. But um, it was amazing. I find myself now listening to the album because I know the story behind each of the songs. And it's like so much uh, deeper for me as a listener. So my art life is celebrating. Oh my gosh, there's so much there. I'm trying not to just get distracted by the Taylor Swift of it all because I want to talk about that. But first of all, congratulations, Ketra. Amazing. And I am just, I am so impressed by this analogy, Grace, of how you got used to asking or telling people how they can support you when you're feeling unwell. And you flipped that on its head and asked how can we celebrate when we're feeling well and when we're feeling good? I just think that is genius. So I want to dwell on that for a moment. I don't really know where it came from, but I think that it felt just as important. Well, it is. And it's it's just amazing because when I had a win and you texted me the same thing or you um, sent me a voice memo with the same question, I was like, oh, good point. This should be celebrated. And it's not something that we're really trained to do in our culture. It's like, okay, move on to the next thing and keep your head down and keep working so that you can get another win. But really, we do have to pause and celebrate. And what I love about that film so much is that the Long Pond Studio Sessions is not just about art and creating music, but it's about collaboration too, which is why I was excited for you to watch it because it has these amazing conversations between Taylor and her songwriting collaborators about where the different ideas came from and how they all came together to create this magical, wonderful piece of art. Well, I really enjoyed it. And I love that as a 25-year-old in 2021, I am becoming a Taylor Swift fan now. Um, I find her really inspiring. I find her uh, resilience and her transparency about um, growing up under the spotlight really inspiring and I just was really I was moved by uh her insight and her vulnerability and um even her anger like there's a lot of anger in her that she has transmuted into beautiful songwriting and I just love learning about her now so I'm glad that I have you and Keitra encouraging me to do that and uh and sharing the experience along with me so Zandra how is your art life my art life is quiet. I have been doing this thing, especially at the weekends, which I've always struggled with. I've always struggled with like downtime. And I think the artist's way has helped me to reframe it because I am not motivated by the by telling myself to like, oh, just take a break, enjoy yourself. That kind of winds me up and stresses me out. But in reframing that as artist brain activities and being still and allowing spaciousness for ideas to emerge when it's for the arts when it's for my creativity I have some purpose to the just sitting still parts of my day and so I've been trying this thing where I I noticed that my internal dialogue um perhaps from morning pages, I can spot this at the weekend. It's like, okay, I have this thing to do today and this thing to do today. 
And actually, I don't have that much else to do, but maybe I can work ahead. Maybe I can squeeze in something to get ahead. And I'm just reframing that as actually getting ahead could mean resting up that can like, saving my energy or just like having a lovely day can is productive towards the creative work that I have to do and even the, the productive work that I have to do. So I am embracing the quiet. I feel like this is something that has come up with a bunch of us in the morning pages is this experience of like it's all turning into to-do lists or like we've had listeners writing in and friends reflect on this and I myself speak about it how I'll notice that it's so much of just what's next what's next what do I have to do today um and I'm just like I'm really appreciating an alternative it kind of seems silly when I notice myself doing it of like oh, I'm so busy I'm so busy I'm like but I don't have to be and then the question is, what does that get filled with? And that can be a little daunting, but I've noticed I just feel better and create better when I am relaxed. So it's this thing I'm trying out. We've also been talking so much on the show, kind of unexpectedly recently, about cyclical living. Um, whether it's phases of the moon or menstrual cycles or just creative inspiration and the sort of downloading periods and then producing periods. And I'm wondering, do, do you feel like you're in a downloading period right now? Is that also part of it? It's funny because I like I sync this up with those structures and I'm like, but it's it's my ovulation time and it's we've just passed a new moon. So like this should be a high energy time, but I don't have to be, I can interpret that how I need to based on like how cold it is outside in the physical world too. Like it doesn't always line up exactly as like, this is the most energetic time. So I should be like running around doing things. It, I don't know. It's it just, it isn't always as simple as that. It's definitely not. And I, and I totally notice as you say it, even just that idea of should is a trap, right? Like I'm, I should feel a certain way at this time. I do that myself, whether it is the moon cycles or my menstrual cycles or like what I have normally produced at a certain time of the year or, you know, whatever it is, like all of these comparisons, I definitely fall into that trap where I should feel a certain way my energy should feel somewhere and it's like no that's not how it works i should listen to my body that's what i should do it's a good reminder the artist's way week seven is called recovering a sense of connection and when i was reviewing these essays, this chapter, it kind of felt like we are at this point in the program where these weren't totally new ideas, but it was building on what has been established before. And I remember going through the program, and this is when I started to get really excited because it felt like we were getting into the advanced territory of we've laid the foundation and this is how we sustain it and practice it. Did you feel that way as well? Yeah, I totally get what you mean, where this 
chapter didn't feel as challenging, maybe. Um, although it's interesting. So what stood out to me with this chapter is that when I when I glanced by the title of it, like the week prior, I saw what the next week was, uh, recovering a sense of connection, I assumed incorrectly that it was about connecting with other people. I think that I associate that word with like community, like connection equals community for me. And then it, I was sort of surprised when actually doing the reading. No, no, no. This is about connection to yourself and to your own taste as an artist and to like the things that motivate you. And so I was, I was kind of surprised by that because I just didn't remember clearly. And, um, and yeah, and I, I assumed it was about something that it wasn't. So I was glad to have the opportunity to do a little bit more slow, insightful, like reflection on my own self, my own history, childhood, and things that brought me joy back then. Um, and I was surprised. I will say, though, that this chapter has one of my favorite parts of The Artist's Way. Yeah, and in keeping with, like, I guess this is a thing for me, by the way, that I just love. I love, like, the most difficult and frustrating things. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this about me, especially in the context of The Artist's Way, but boy, does it seem like, like, thanks, I hate it is, like... <laughs> The motivating factor for me, I'm I whether it's reading deprivation or some of the more challenging uh, tasks or essays, like the crazy makers one, where you have to assess when you know you have been that person. Like I'm like, oh, the most challenging, difficult thing. That's my favorite. So in keeping with this theme, um, I love the jealousy part of this of the artist's way. It's one of the most valuable things to me. And when I did it for the first time, um, it was like, it, it just blew my mind. And it's something that I totally bring into my daily life since doing The Artist's Way several times. Um, I, I question myself, you know, when I'm feeling particularly hateful or, uh, or jealous. It's like, well, what am I jealous of? And what does that say about what I need to be doing? Because it's not about them. It's about me. So this, you know, whether it's like um, my nemesis or um, <laughs> celebrities or people I know in my real life or um, other artists or even just people doing cool things, the way that the artist way structures unpacking your jealousy and why you're jealous, and what it means about like where your energy needs to go. Gosh, I just think that that is so useful. And it's something that I have brought outside of this chapter and outside of my experiences with the book. So I was so happy when I saw that that was part of this week. And um, I, I mean, I, I'm curious about your feelings about the jealousy stuff, because, uh, because it is a big part of the artist's way for me, or it's one of my favorite tasks or tools. Um, how do you feel about that part of the book? Ooh, uh, I'm getting a, a like a pit in my stomach just remembering how I answered this question because I had a slightly different experience that I'm still really, really glad I did, which was one of the people that I was jealous of was a girl in my high school who I did theater with who 
also was talented and skilled and got to be considered for parts that I wasn't considered for because the director was racist. <laughs> so I it came to terms with how that made me feel and how there are some things that are out of my control and there are some things that I need, like that's what I need healing in is like how I was discriminated against. It's not because I, I realized like looking back on that time, I just kept bringing more impressive songs to audition with. And I was like, maybe if I sing a higher note and show that I can do that, they'll disregard that I should only be cast as terrible, stereotypical Asian characters. But like looking back now, I tried so hard and there's nothing I could have done. And it's awful that this situation made me feel that way about a peer of mine. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing this on the show, because I think that that's like, this is a really important moment for people listening, whether that's been their experience or they've experienced something similar or not at all, you know, whether that's something they know or they've never had to think about like me. Um, I think that that is like such an amazing insight, Zandra. I mean, there is the, there is the, you know, the thing I was talking about where it's like, oh, cool. What do I, what can I control? Right? Like my experience of it is going, oh, wow, I'm jealous of this person because they have this thing. How can I, you know, create momentum in that area? How can I control this part of my life? And I am so glad you brought up this part, this other side of the story, which is like, what do I need to heal? And what was I not in control of? What am I not in control of at that point in my life or even now? And, you know, how can I be at peace with that or not make it a story about me not being good enough? Just because someone got this thing could have nothing to do with me or nothing to do with my talent as an artist. Ah, oh, it was... Thank you. It was so it was so refreshing to like write that out on the paper and recognize that because it's the kind of thing that I tried to not think about, right? It's like, oh, that's in the past. That was terrible. Oh well, moving on. But I mean, it was lined up next to similar examples that you described, Grace, of like, oh, this person has this opportunity that I could absolutely get if I just like put myself out there. There were so many of those examples in this exercise listed next to this one that made it stand out by comparison as like, that's not my fault. And that was, that was really good to identify. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking me this question because I wouldn't have thought to bring it up here. No, I'm totally floored because I'm like, wow, what an amazing experience it is to have you bring that up and to be able to share that with our audience. Like, honestly, I, I, I mean, I didn't even think about something like that. It's funny because I started the artist's way feeling like, okay, I feel pretty good creatively in general. Something that I'm struggling with and I want to focus on as I go through this experience is like, how do I represent parts of my perspective as a woman of color and other marginalized aspects of my identity, how do I bring that into my creativity while 
like taking on the responsibility of representing that experience. And one of the quotes from this week that stood out to me was, the perfectionist writes, paints, creates with one eye on her audience. And I realized that's what's so hard about talking about an experience that happened to me that could also happen to other half Korean women or other women of color that like, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I also am every time I bring that up. So that's something that I brought into the artist's way. And it took me all the way to week seven to circle back to it because I kind of took this detour that, you know, go back and listen to any of the other episodes about how surprised I was by certain things that I didn't realize I needed. And then in time, it came back to my original intention. So I got what I, I got what I needed in a way that surprised me. It's reminding me of another quote in this chapter that I found really valuable through this week. Um, this quote where she says, treating myself as a precious object will make me strong. Mm. And I really love that and I want to use it more in my life. And there's something in what you're saying and also in this chapter that focuses a lot on childhood and dreams. Um, there's something about like nurturing yourself, nurturing your experiences as a, a child artist and things that you maybe faced that were not your fault or were really painful that you haven't wanted to look at. Um, and I just really appreciate, you know, this, this aspect of like, of you, first of all, saying, well, this wasn't my castmate's fault, you know, or, you know, my peer's fault either. But also, like, this was totally out of my control and had nothing to do with my talent. And even before you started sharing this aspect of your experience, I was I was going to ask you, like, you know, with all of this, um, these tasks about, about childhood and about, like, you know, what, what can we learn? Like, especially being the artist you are now, I was wondering if you could go back and tell your, your kid self, your, you know, auditioning self something, what would it be? Oh, I've thought about this so much. And uh, I, I guess I think about it from the perspective of like, what could I have done? But if I am like time traveling back now, um, like, I, I think I would have just like let myself know let her know like what the reason was just pinpoint it and say this is why you're not being seen because there is this discrepancy and <laughs> i was upset so i i called the director racist but i think there was this like there was this complex confusing thing at play where he like wanted to cast I mean, they, they shouldn't have been putting on shows with these terrible stereotypical characters to begin with. But I get that he wanted to, like, have Asian students playing Asian characters and didn't consider the, like, side effect of that, that Asian students wouldn't be considered for non-Asian characters. And I wish we could have had a conversation about it because I get that it's hard. <laughs> I get that this is a complex issue 
And I just was so unaware at the time that I didn't realize that was happening to me until like it had already happened too many times. And I just stopped auditioning because I didn't feel good, but I didn't know why I didn't feel good. So I think I would have just said like, hey, it's because you're Asian and like maybe you can have a conversation about it. But also it's like I don't want to take that responsibility as like a young teenage girl. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to, you know, like no yeah. kid should have to. And it is racist. It is, you know, it's racism. It's perpetuating stereotypes and stopping talented artists from shining because they're not white. So it like it absolutely is. And I don't think that has to be said with like you don't have to feel bad about being angry. Like that's <laughs> fucking enraging, especially that it, you know, stopped you from auditioning. Yeah. Cuz you thought that you weren't going to get what you wanted or you didn't even know why you weren't getting what you wanted and were ready for. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's just like I wanted to know why because I think my my interpretation of it was like if I just try harder, if I just show how much more I have to offer, no, that would never have worked. And maybe I could rest easy if I just knew that. Well, I am so glad that you shared this story. And gosh, I mean, I, I hope people listening take it in, you know, and I hope that they can examine those moments too, right? Because I think it is fun to challenge ourselves, like I'm saying, and and take responsibility for where you're procrastinating or whatever it is, right? What you're responsible for. I also think that what you're bringing up is so important. Forgiveness that we can have for ourselves, compassion that we can have for ourselves, and frankly, like anger that we can have at people who have held us back, whether it was intentionally or not. These are sort of the the artist's way 2021 conversations. These are like the conversations that our show is having about accessibility and inclusion. There's been a lot of that in this series. And I'm just so like proud that we are facilitating that conversation. Um, but it's something that I think the book itself, you know, with all of my love for it, it's something that the artist's way doesn't actually cover. And I'm like really glad that we can, Sandra. I'm so excited about our conversations about this book because the groundwork is there. And these exercises have have led to revelations like that for me. And I love that we can talk about it and talk about these um, just this array of experiences that can come from from doing the same exercises and getting totally different responses to them like that's what makes us individuals that's what makes us artists and that's why i like this book too because it does work for everyone even if some adjustments need to be made or um conversations about accessibility need to be had like we can all benefit even coming from totally different life experiences so we had a lot of great feedback from listeners this week. Do you have anything else that you want to cover about the chapter before we get into it? I just wanted to point out how a, a, a moment of humorous synchronicity that there was a line in this week's reading that said, running a marathon increases your chances of writing a full-length play. 
oh my given God. our <laughs> discussion last week about cheering everyone on as they run this marathon of completing the artist's way and handing out cups and sticks of goo. I just thought that was so funny that the word marathon came up. There it is, another synchronicity. As for listener stories, Grace, I wanted to bring up something that my mom told me on the phone and gave me permission to share here on the show. Back in episode 57, a couple of weeks ago, you told one of our other listeners it's who was hoping to do this course in a 12-week block. You said, if you don't do it in a 12-week block, that's okay too. And my mom felt so relieved to hear you say that because she had made the decision to pause her progress in the artist's way because she's doing a transformation challenge at her Orange Theory gym. I did the transformation challenge. Oh my my gosh. gosh. (laughs) I did that a few years ago. Solidarity. Uh, She's like, Grace will know what I mean. So that is a time sensitive thing that she's doing with a group. And she decided like privately that she would pause doing the artist's way to focus on that. And then she was like, I was feeling so guilty about it. Like you two are going through this, this series. And then when Grace said, it's okay if you don't do it, every week or in the 12-week block, she was like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, do this on your time. Just do it in the way that is going to work for you and don't allow the artist's way to be something that inhibits you from other things, right? It's supposed to add to our lives, not take away. And let me tell you, as someone who has done the Orange Theory Fitness (laughs) Transformation Challenge, that is a huge time commitment because I think you have to just to qualify you have to go four times a week and that's so that's four hours plus you know driving there and back plus all of the many hours that I personally had to spend just with my sore muscles (laughs) stretching and and self-massaging because that is a hard workout to do four times a week um i'm like so excited that she's doing it though because it was like a that that specific challenge was a a big um shift in my relationship to fitness so and exercise in general so um wow so cool yeah if anyone understands it's me (laughs) amazing Yes. So I wanted to thank my mom for agreeing to let me share that because I imagine it might resonate with someone else listening as well that we want to make sure everyone take care of yourselves. And I think doing the transformation challenge sounds productive to your art life as well. So, you know, it totally does. Right. Just like running a marathon can help you write a play. Doing Orange Theories (laughs) Transformation Challenge can make you a more disciplined artist. So I actually talk about that a lot, how Orange Theory and the the discipline aspect of fitness um, has made me a much better artist because I learned discipline through like fitness schedules, um, largely because of Orange Theory because I didn't know anything prior. Speaking of things that our listeners might relate to, or might need to hear that you and I don't, Sandra. We had discussed privately as hosts whether when we started this uh, series, 
whether we wanted to acknowledge God talk. Um, for those who are, you know, this far along on the artist's way journey with us, um, yes, you will have noticed that Julia Cameron uses the word God oh, quite a lot in this book. Now, she also explains this. She offers replacements for the word if you have resistance. Um, there's much discussion within the book about uh, why having a spiritual life is important, but why you don't need to use God, the word, or associate it with Christian God. You and I had spoken privately about the fact that like, we know that some people are turned off by this part of the artist's way. And we know that some people have a lot of resistance to that word or to that part of the book, but that since we don't, you and me, we didn't feel right like bringing it up since like we don't have an opposing point of view to offer. But luckily, we got a note from Janae, who's doing The Artist's Way with us, about this topic. And so I am so grateful to Janae for sharing this and for giving me permission to share it on the show because we were waiting for someone to bring it up um, and to to offer their perspective since it's not one that you and I have, but we know that it's one that many readers, many artists have. So Janae grew up with some negative experiences with religion. And so she told me that she was struggling with that that aspect of the book. And she sent me a great note. She said, much like the dissent that you all had about critics not always being just blocked artists, my soapbox about this section is basically, if we imagine there is no creator or that a creator doesn't care, it doesn't automatically mean we just give in. It means we're doing art because we l chose it. We're a species for whom art is critical to our well-being. And that means that since the forming of the universe, we've been choosing art making over and over again until it's become embedded in our biology and mirrored in the structure of our society. And that is fucking beautiful. We often find the things we need when we need them because nature is built to work in an ecosystem and humans only thrive in community. We make art just because we're little creatures who like pretty things. We love to tell stories and we keep choosing that. And the more we choose it, the more we build the world around it. If there's no divine influence, then it is just us. And it means every terrible and beautiful thing that has ever happened is just us. It's incredibly improbable that we are even here right now, but we are. And we invented crayons. <laughs> I can't think about it too much because ah, it's so beautiful. Okay, I'm done. There's my godless rant. Thank you for receiving. I'm applauding. Amazing. What? Oh my gosh. That was a gorgeous, like, poem, speech, work of art in itself. It's reminding me of the Toni Morrison passage that you read on a past episode. It totally is. The climax of it is we invented crayons. She yes. insisted that if I were to read this on the show, I had to to make a screech noise instead of saying screech. 
So that was I see. My it says screech in the text I'm reading, and yeah, that was a beautiful interpretation performance. I just love the fact that, first of all, wow, we know so many amazing writers. I love the fact that this was a text that I received this no morning. No way. Oh, this was just a text in conversation. She did not pre-write this. This was just like us texting, and she came out with this in real time. This is so, just her. So, Janae delivers this incredibly moving speech to me over text message uh and then ends it with like this is my godless rant and i'm like i felt god i felt like i was in church i mean i felt the spirit move me as i was reading it and as i recited it now um and i think that's kind of the point though right it's like i'm not talking it's not about some sort of like church or structure or christian god it's just about feeling moved by emotions and and humanity and how you know what we're capable of and so yeah the irony of her quote unquote godless rant is that it is exactly the kind of spiritual experience that we're talking about oh i'm just so excited for that to be part of this repertoire of of artists way um insights that you and i in our community has because this it feels like a, a missing piece me too and i'm i'm really grateful for janae for bringing this up with me and allowing us to discuss it because um like i said earlier uh this is actually a part of the artist way that people have really strong resistance to and that is so valid because I have found that is often people who have had traumatizing experiences in the church or, you know, queer people who have felt um, like oppressed or harmed or denied access to spirituality. So um, like those feelings are really valid and that resistance makes a whole lot of sense. So um, I didn't feel right bringing it up as someone who hasn't experienced that. And I am really glad that we had someone approach us with this feeling and that we were able to discuss it, you know, with, I mean, such a beautiful piece of writing, but also just to have that perspective at all. Um, I think it's really important to, to share that on the show. So thank you, Janae, so much. Thank you. It's wonderful how in the book, the alternative is suggested to like substitute a different word and i love how this expanded thought goes so far beyond like oh just use a different word if you're uncomfortable it's like this is a different way of seeing the world and it is very exciting and beautiful and i am so grateful to witness it Grace, what is the art life? The art life, in the words of Janae, is choosing art making over and over until it's embedded in our biology. Zandra, what is the art life? The art life is crayons. Eee, crayons! One of the first things I did in quarantine was I ordered myself a magic marker set. Best decision. Yeah, is my artist day this week going to be buying a box of crayons and doodling with them? I think so. 
Yeah. <laughs> Seems like that's the thing to do. Yes. So um, we have a, a, a new tradition here on The Art Life, which is like at the end of every episode, we share our answers to the question, what is the art life? But we want to also share yours. We want to share our um, our audience's answers, whether it's inspired by a particular episode or just inspired by your own life. So um, if you're listening and you have not left us a review yet, head over to the iTunes store, the Apple Podcasts app, um, whatever place that you find our podcast uh over on um, like Apple's interface, just because that is what we use to get more views on the show and answer the question, what is the art life? Uh, we will read your response on the show. We want to hear from you. Um, and yes, uh, answering that question in a review boosts the visibility of the show. So it also helps us get more ears more ears involved so um thank you everyone for listening and uh yeah be sure to uh leave us a review so that we can get your voice on the show as well yes please zandra we had some awesome talks today that i am just like totally moved by uh including some talks about your experiences with racism and how that has affected your art life you have been publishing in the past year some of the most beautiful writing I have ever seen you put out there uh, on this very topic, um, which I've you know shared online as much as I can. But for people who want to get it from the source, directly from the source, <laughs> where can people find your art? Thank you for sharing it. I really appreciate that. You can find my art at heroinetraining.com. On my archives page, I have a few featured essays that deal with the topic of racism and immigration, and it's something I'm going to keep writing about, so stay tuned. I have a newsletter as well, and the easiest way to sign up if you're interested in this show and in my work is to go to the Art Life page at theartlife.show. There's a link to sign up for both newsletters at the same time, and that's how you can get the first glimpse of what I'm publishing and also of the extras that Grace and I like to send out, like pictures of our bookshelves and um, what other art we're excited about. Grace, where can people find your art? Um, I'm really excited because I just finished my piece for the new uh, for the new Sugarman Gallery uh, art show, which is witches themed. So that's going up next month. Um, I just finished that, so I'll, I'll I'll post about it and share it on the show when it uh, releases. But until then, the best place to find me um, is just like through Instagram. That's where I post daily updates and have links to all my various doings in my art life. So I'm on Instagram at Grace Gordon Official. If you have social media, um, that is where I'm most accessible and that's where I share the most. I've been having some really like cool experiences with synchronicity and just like connecting to artists I freaking love on Instagram lately. So I'm once again, while frustrated with the company itself, enjoying the opportunity to connect. So find me there. Wonderful. Well, until next time, everyone, 
from my side of the world, I wish you all a good morning. And from my side of the world, I wish you all a good night. Bye. Bye. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson-Burns. You can find us online and subscribe to our newsletter at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91617. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.